Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. How's it going, Jordan? What's up? And Dominic. How's it going, Dom? Oi! Oi! Uh, so yeah. Dom, real quick, you know that's a greeting and not a confirmation, correct? <laughs> I don't said, care what it is, I like it. <laughs> in uh, in our Facebook chat, Jared asked if we were going at a certain time and you said, oi. Yeah, oi. So you oh. said, Hello! Uh, <laughs> well, I was just using it as like a, yeah, I'm here and I heard you. Also, speaking not, of hearing, not really a yes or no. Yeah, Boy, speaking, mate. Of, speaking of hearing things, uh, thanks to John over at uh, A Link to Our Past for the intro. We had an exchanging of some services. I made some graphics for him and he did our intro song, so that's really cool. It includes the Xbox startup as well as the original PlayStation 1 startup, which is super cool. It um, sounded so yeah, sleazy to me. Sound, don't forget about the GameCube sound. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was Shout just... Shout out. Fantastically, fantastically made. It's awesome. Exchange um, of services. I don't know why yeah, that made sounded, me laugh. Sounded so bad. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to get into what we've been playing this week. For me, uh, I've been playing a lot more Spelunky as I did last week. Uh, we nice. talked about that at a, a huge extent. Um, the game's still fun. Uh, I got the second checkpoint, so I'm still trying to work towards the third checkpoint. Um, I'm also playing Hook, which is... I was talking to Jordan before the start of the show. It's a Steam game that's a puzzle game where you have these black circles that are connected to these lines and it's a puzzle game based on whenever you click the black circle the line moves like retracts back towards the circle so there's a lot of like interconnecting lines that you have to kind of retract at the right times um, and if you do it wrong obviously you fail the, the, the map and you have to restart it which is a cool little like time waster kind of game um, I really like the aesthetic it's very basic like uh, whites on blacks and grays with very simple geometric shapes um, almost sounds like it could be on mobile Oh yeah, this I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't on mobile. Um, yeah, I, I didn't look into it too much, but it was just I had like a dollar sum in my Steam account in my Steam wallet, and I saw this game was on sale, and I was like, oh, this looks like a fun time. Um, nice. Yeah, it's nothing on crazy. PlayStation, or you automatically have to spend five dollars every time. Oh god. Um, Wait, I would what? love to buy. Yeah, because you have to spend at least you have to put at least five dollars in your PlayStation wallet every time you buy anything. You can't oh. buy, like, like themes are $2, there's $2 Vita games all the time, but yeah. And the the last game I've been playing is actually a review code we got that I was surprised because it was a game I found out late about. Usually I like to contact people, like, on Sunday. This game I didn't find out that was coming out until, like, late Monday. So I contacted Raw Fury Games, um, and they've published some games, and this game is called Kingdom New Lands. It's an expansion that came out on the Xbox One. Uh, the original game Kingdom has been on PC for a while now, and essentially what it is, it's it's kind of a hard game to describe, but it's a it's a it's a, a like a tower defense game where you build up this area, except it's a two D eight uh, bit game. So you're a guy that rides a horse, you're a king, and you have a crown. Now the way the game works is that there's characters that come from either the left side or the right side of the screen that are enemies, and they basically you build up walls, and if they break through your walls and get to you, they don't necessarily kill you, but they knock the crown off your head, and you can pick it back up. If they ever get a hold of the crown, the game is over. Um, hmm. And obviously, as the game progresses, you get you can uh, recruit new characters with gold that you get, and you can make them either builders who build stuff or archers that kill stuff for you. And it's all about trying to build up this kingdom, survive. Use the gold you have to make a boat to get to the new land. Before, this was... Because this is called New Lands, it's about multiple areas. So it's kind of a bigger, longer game. <clears throat> Excuse me. The original version was this one land where you had to figure out how to end the game. And there's a lot of Easter eggs in it. So um, there's different areas you can unlock throughout. Because it's a, it's a 2D game, so you can either go all the way to the left or all the way to the right. 
Like I said, on one side of that screen, a randomly generated is going to be the portal where the enemies come through. The other side is going to be the boat that you need to get to the end. And there's other stuff that can spawn. There's chests with a bunch of gold in it that you can get. There's, uh, like, these statues that if you pay enough gold to, they'll protect you for a certain amount of nights. Um, and it's a day-night cycle, so the enemies only attack at night. Uh, it's just a fun game. It's really cool. I didn't even... This wasn't on my radar at all. And it's it's a great experience. It's probably one of the best experiences I've had all year. Uh, it's not, like, game of the year or anything to me, but it is a very solid game. Um... And I'm I'm happy to be playing it. Uh, the achievements are really are named really cool. It's like uh, on the first day I built an army. On the second day I built fire. And it's about doing certain objectives on that specific day. So the way you beat this game is by getting the boat and going to new lands. But you also can survive X amount of nights. Uh, the most nights I've survived is 20. Um, the highest achievement is for 100 nights. So it's kind of crazy. Um, but the game's fun. It's just a blast. It's one of those games, kind of like Spelunky, where the more you play it, the better you get at it. So you're going to die, but it's all about, okay, what choices did I make wrong? Let me play this again. It's a completely different type of game, but it still is in that same vein of you get better at it as you play more. So there's that hook of coming back to play because you're like, oh, I'll make it to day 19 now, hopefully. you know. So. So another one that sounds like it could be on mobile, maybe. Yeah, this game this game could definitely be a Vita game. Uh, I don't know if it's okay. coming to Vita or not. I have no idea. Um, but it definitely works well in, uh, in mobile. I would love to see this as an NX game as well. Uh, hmm. th- this game is really cool. Uh, that's pretty much it that I've been playing. Not Nothing too crazy. I didn't have a chance to watch Suicide Squad this week. Hopefully I can catch it this weekend. Um, but yeah, what about you guys? Jordan, what have you been playing and watching? Yeah, so I mentioned last week that I was going to see Suicide Squad. My first viewing, I really liked it. thought it was a... A funny, uh, great action movie with a lot of cool music. Um, has its flaws and not all the writing's really on point. Um, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it and saw it again later on in the week. Um, just to make sure I wasn't crazy and that everyone that was hating on the internet wasn't uh, totally on point. So, um, yeah, I really like Suicide Squad. I probably won't go see it again while it's in theaters, but um, I definitely enjoyed it. That has me um, excited because, like, I, I I wouldn't say Batman vs Superman was great, but I liked it. I was one of the few people that did, and yeah. I doubt that I was always expecting this to be at least be better than that. So yeah. I'm excited to watch Suicide Squad. I think so. I'll yeah, like this one it seems a little more divisive than Batman vs Superman was. That BBS like seemed like <laughs> yeah. most people yeah. adamantly hated it, whereas this is like you either hate it or you just think it was good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of people say what you just said, Jordan, and then a lot of people say it's a flaming dumpster pile or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm not really under. I feel like if Suicide Squad didn't come out after Batman vs Superman and Batman vs Superman wasn't even a thing that was connected to it, I feel like people would like Suicide Squad a lot better. Yeah, um, but that's just me. Um, besides that, I've been uh, really just focusing on my playtime on Bloodborne. Played a bunch of Bloodborne this week. And got very close to finally just completing the game and really doing everything in the game, uh, but didn't quite get there because of some really fucking difficult bosses that uh, I don't even want to talk about. Really, I won't even get into all that. <laughs> Which one gave you a, gave you a hard time? Well, I finished the main campaign, and these are oh. I'm just doing like the last two chalice dungeons. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like they're. The um, cleric beast is, it's like a different version. It's just the cleric beast with a different name. And then um, 
Albritus, the daughter of the cosmos. This is like the third time I've fought both of those bosses now, so they just I didn't even harder. I got maybe halfway through the chalice dungeons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't like it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is I'm like over leveled and it's still hard as shit and I'm enjoying it, but I am like kind of banging my head up against this brick wall now. One of the reasons was I decided to do um, one of the dungeons with like these uh, extra modifiers turned on. And one of them dropped my health bar to, like, a third of what it is. Oh, that sounds fun. Dude, I got through the entire... There's three levels to each Chalice Dungeon, so there's three bosses. And I got through uh, all three of the first levels. Both of the first two bosses, I was good to go. And I just cannot beat Albritus because she's just, like... She's got, like, several attacks that just kill me at once. So I just have to redo the ritual and redo the chalice dungeon without those two uh, modifiers on and I'll be fine but awesome. uh, it's really annoying that I've had to like go all the way through it again but um, I also finished out uh, the old hunters DLC so once I finish up these two chalice dungeons and then beat the final boss of the main campaign so that it sends me into new game plus I'll be totally done and I can kind of Shrug the weight of Bloodborne off of my shoulders for a while. Awesome. So, Anything else? That's about it. That's about it, man. Uh, like I said, Suicide Squad um, played a bunch of Bloodborne and watched a bunch of Naruto this week. So. Oh well, Dom, what have what have you been playing and watching? <clears throat> so I haven't seen Suicide Squad yet. I'm gonna go see it on Saturday. Um, so no word on that yet. But I picked up Dead Nation on the Vita for yeah. eight dollars. Like eight dollars. I was like, oh. Sure. <laughs> I didn't even really think about it. This is a fun little game. It's kind of like uh, Dead Rising uh, as a twin-stick shooter, I Top guess. Down, yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, I'm also balls deep into Assassin's Creed Syndicate now. I, I, Sweet. I've been saying that I like it previously, and now I'm like just I'm completely headfirst into it right now. I'm absolutely addicted to unlocking each of the the gang areas or whatever when you conquer a territory yeah i just got absolutely addicted to just just (laughs) conquering every single territory (laughs) i just couldn't (laughs) stop and then they have ubisoft just is great with uh with how they make you want to get those collectibles and you know sync those towers and everything like they just something about their formula is just like appeals to the addictive nature in people so yeah i'm almost done with that game at this point Considered going for the platinum until I looked through the trophy list and couldn't even. I'm like, no, I'm not going to play this game for the next four years of my life to do this. I'm assuming there's a bunch of multiplayer ones too, right? That's always my issue with Assassin's Creed. There is no multiplayer. They they only had co op in Unity. They took it out for this one. I got this platinum. Really, all it is is uh, get the collectibles and you have to get the uh, side objectives on the main storyline missions. Okay. So I remember for like, I think. It was Assassin's Creed Three. Was maybe the last one they did it where like there was there was maybe competitive. like competitive, uh, like ten yeah ten trophies that you would have to do in competitive multiplayer. And I was like yeah eh, yeah yeah. That reminds this me is actually of... a pretty easy platinum if you continue to get further. If your balls continue to dip further down into <laughs> Assassin's Creed Syndicate. No, it's certainly it's certainly easy. Um, just time consuming, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is fine, but yeah. But that reminds me. Um, I was looking through the Dead Nation trophies and. There's a handful of them that require online multiplayer too, and yeah. I try to join a match and nothing. 
I mean, of yeah. course, there's. I mean, who the hell is playing this game besides me? But so I I'll did never see be able to some, get that. Uh, sent me. I saw you sent me an invite, and um, yep. once again, <laughs> if your balls sink well into Dead Nation, then uh, I could help you get some of those online trophies. Because that platinum looked really easy to get. I mean, there weren't that many trophies, yeah. and they're pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, it's so just a hard game. Is the only hard part about the platinum. It is starting to get tough. Um, I'm yeah. you know three four levels in right now, and it's yeah starting to get like. But otherwise, um, the last thing I started playing, and a bit of a story behind this one, was uh, Wolf Among Us. It came bundled with uh, the Batman Telltale uh, pre-order, so I got that for free. I started playing... Well, actually, first, let me start with this. Have you guys ever not slept for a, an extremely long period of time to the point where you're hallucinating? Uh, um, once. When I was, no. like, 13, and like, I slept over at a friend's house. What... Uh period of time are you describing dom like 72 hours well that's oh no not necessarily i mean maybe like just like a day like a 24 hour i've been like yeah i've been like two i've not slept i've like i skipped a night of sleep and just like gone to sleep you know at a regular time the next night no definitely not to the point of hallucinations is all i'm saying it's not necessarily like hours i don't know for me like i've yeah i've skipped a night of sleep and been fine the whole next day it's just there's yeah. sometimes where some other factors are affecting you and you're just that tired. Anyway, so that was the kind of the condition <laughs> I was under when I was playing this game. And I also had no idea what this game was about in the slightest going in. I didn't know, you know what the premise was. I just know that there's this guy who might be a wolf or something. I don't, I don't know. So but, you didn't even know about Fables. <laughs> exactly. I didn't even know what the heck was going on because I, I got this okay. game for free. I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. People seem to like it. So <laughs> in my like state of near dementia... I'm just trying to stay awake to play this game, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I can't remember if like that was real or... I mean, I walk into my apartment, and there's a, a talking pig on my chair, and I'm like, what? I, and then he lights up a cigarette, the pig does. I just, it, it was just like a, this really weird, trippy moment experience where I'm like... And then I like couldn't remember if that would happen. Like, because it seemed real normal at first. Like, oh yeah, of course there's a pig on my chair. Mm-hmm. That was just so out of it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But then, like, a few minutes later, I'm I'm looking back thinking, was there a talking pig? Was that frog having a domestic violence problem? What the heck is going on in this place? I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I just got to play it in a more uh, sober state of mind, I guess. So that's all that, yeah. Um, so it's based on, uh, I haven't read the comic, but the comic's called Fables. And it's, like, where kind of like a shrek type deal where like uh fable characters are in the real world and they're existing among us so i guess wolf among us comes from that um yeah so and and the smoking (laughs) pigs and smoking frogs and such yeah um so you were talking about uh dead nation and how it's kind of like a top down like twin sticks uh dead rising right um the interesting about that is uh by way of GameSpot. Uh, Chris Pereira writes, 1080p 60 frames per second Dead Rising 1 and 2 remastered pricing and release dates confirmed. Uh, Capcom today shared new details about the upcoming remastered versions. Uh, Dead Rising, Dead Rising 2, and Dead Rising uh, 2 off the record will be available for $20 each in a triple pack. Um, and for a slightly discounted price of $59.49, which is like a $0.50 cent discount, I guess. If, um, it's just kind of weird. Uh the three games come uh, with all DLC released for them and improved graphics. 
and this is the first time that a uh, Dead Rising one is coming to a PlayStation platform. Yes. So that's awesome. Uh, I, so yeah, because of that, I am very excited for this. The fact that you can buy them individually for twenty bucks a piece is really good. Because it's like, well, you know, maybe some people who own PlayStations played Dead Rising two and off the record, but they probably didn't play the first one. So they're like, well, I don't want to pay sixty bucks for, you know, two the, one out of the three games that I haven't played. So it's cool that they're selling them individually too. Uh, yeah. The release date is September twenty seventh as well, which is a decent date. So. Take yeah. notes, Activision Call of Duty four. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, sorry. <laughs> so they, they come out digitally on September thirteenth, and they come out physically on September twenty seventh. So the digital versions come out two weeks earlier. And you said $20? $20 for each individual one, yes. So, okay, I am super excited about this, guys, because, yeah, uh, Dead Rising 1 was an Xbox 360 exclusive, which I had a 360, I just didn't play it, and then when 2 came around, it came to PS3, but I heard all this bad stuff about it where it had, like, a game timer over the entire campaign. So then by the time Off the Record came out and they had taken the timer out, I was, like, already kind of, like, screwed Dead Rising or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm going to buy one and uh, two off the record, but not just, not two. Two's not very and, good. Uh, I don't, I, I played Dead Rising, Dead Rising 2. I didn't get a chance to play off the record, but like, yeah, one's a really cool so, experience to have. People are saying like, will it hold up, will it not hold up? I still think it's a gaming experience to, to experience, you know? Um, yeah, and everyone's talking about like zombie fatigue, but I don't know, I, I, I don't play very many zombie games. Um... And so I'm really excited. Uh, want to have a zombie game on my PS4, and I don't really want to just do COD zombies. Yeah. So, Dude, Dying Light. Uh, I think this is it. I mean, Dying Light, yeah, but I really, like, the whole first-person parkour thing, I know it's supposed to be great in that game. Oh, I loved it. But I want a third-person action-adventure zombie game, kind of really like Dead Rising, where you're kind of goofing off and, like, there's the threat of the zombies, but you're also having a good time with crazy weapons and gear and stuff. I can kind of like a Sunset Overdrive, um, which is not zombies but mutated humans. Yeah, it's kind of like the argument of like why play Overwatch over Call of Duty. I see Dead yeah. Rising as the Overwatch, whereas Dying Light is more of the Call of Duty, um, where it's like a more yeah. serious tone, whereas Dead Rising is a lot more playful. Sure. Um, yeah, so we have. A so yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Can't wait. We have a couple of quick stories here for Bethesda. Not too much to say. Just going to get through them real quick. Uh, this one comes by way of IGN, Jonathan Dornbush. Uh, he writes, Bethesda absolutely looking into making Nintendo NX games. For me, this is kind of like a... Sure. Like, it's not really a headline, it seems to me. Like, of course, they're probably absolutely looking into it. They, Yeah, of course, they're business. They're probably looking to any platform they can publish to, right? Um, anyways, he writes, Though Bethesda Softworks isn't ready to make a definitive choice one way or another, the company's vice president, Pete Hines, says Bethesda is absolutely looking into the possibility of putting its games on Nintendo's next console. So if anything, this is good to hear. I mean, it's not confirmation. Like I said before, I'm pretty sure Bethesda looked into putting their games on the Wii U before they realized that ship yeah. was sinking real quick. Um, <laughs> So that, that story kind of seems like a non-story to me, but I thought it was something to talk about because, once again, it's another third party at least talking about NX, which is good. It's, it's, well... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it may be a non-story. I think you're kind of right there. But at the same time, the fact that they're having to consider it in the first place as opposed to, like, when would you ever believe Bethesda going... Yeah, we'll consider, you know, a few years ago, we'll consider putting our games on an Xbox One or PS4. Like, that was just already done. No questions asked. Yeah. 
but it sucks that they have to even that it's talk a consideration. It's not a definitive. Yet. Yeah. So exactly. My, my guess is they're they're referring to Fallout Shelter and Elder Scrolls Legends. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Legends Ouch. would be cool to play mobile. Hopefully, they, that's Ouch. other experiences like maybe the Elder Scrolls uh, remaster of a uh, Skyrim. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. At least they're talking about it. It's weird that all these third parties are talking about Nintendo and they're not talking about uh, the NX. So. so last time Wii U got like two-year-old remasters with Mass Effect and Batman Arkham City. This time the NX gets like a six-year-old remaster with Skyrim. <laughs> right. Uh, so the second story here about Bethesda comes by way of GameSpot, Eddie over at GameSpot. We probably talk about one of his stories a week. Um he writes, Elder Scrolls 6 is coming, but not soon. Uh, given the massive critical and commercial success of 2011's Elder Scrolls Skyrim, a sequel seems like a sure thing, while a sixth game and fantasy series is not yet in active development. Bethesda marketing executive Pete Hines has come forward to say the studio will make the game in due time. Um, so essentially they're saying it's not in active development, but it's on the way. I think this has to do with their two uh, new IPs. Um, a while back we heard that they're working on two new projects. Oh, not two new IPs, sorry. But they're working on two new projects. One of them is a new IP. Um, one of them is something else, which we think might be a middle-of-the-road fallout, like a New Vegas, or it could be anything, really. Um, and, you know, this is... It's it's interesting. Um, some people are saying... I th- I, th- I believe Dom, you tweeted out that we could probably see, like, 2022, which when you originally yeah. tweeted that, I was like, that seems way off. But then I realized, well, that's six years away, and if it's not an active development, that kind of makes sense. So at first, I was like, 2022, that's a long time from now. I was like, oh, it's six years. Plus, it might not be an well, active development for two more years from now. Yep, exactly. Do I even need to bring up Final Fantasy and The Last Guardian? I mean, no. Yeah, well, could be, there could be games that start production this year that we don't play until 2020. Yeah, and the as thing as, is Bethesda holds that close to the vest and they don't say yeah, when it's in active development. Exactly. They're saying, oh, we're working on it, and then we're working on it, and then we're working on it. Think, know, so. think about when we're going to see that new Bioware EP, like the one with the t-shirt that nobody saw yep. at the, the conference, or like the next Dragon Age. Like Those are going to be 2022, you know? Yep. Uh, I don't know because we've heard about their. Remember, we had that report of Bioware having multiple teams, so they had new people working on Andromeda, and their original Mass Effect team was working on the new IP. So you never know. Um, yeah, this this does make perfect sense for Bethesda though, uh, with uh, them releasing that Skyrim remaster this fall. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then they I don't want to hurt those sales. Obviously, they don't have to worry about like they publish so many great games now that they don't have to worry about having their main headline studio releasing games so often because now they have all this other bankroll, you know. They have the yeah. Doom now, they have the Wolfenstein uh, Dishonored, so and Prey. So they definitely have a catalog to bring in revenue that they don't have to worry about that. Um, speaking of projects, uh, this story comes away of Jason Gallagher over at GameRant. And he writes, Rockstar Games will reveal two new projects, says Take-Two. Um, Take-Two reports its most recent financial earnings, but it's what the publisher said about Rockstar Games that has gotten the attention of Red Dead Redemption fans. Publisher Take-Two reported its financial results for its first fiscal quarter, yada, 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 yada. Uh, reports that Take-Two executives briefly touched on the GTN Red Dead uh, developer by stating that Rockstar Games also is hard at work on some exciting future projects that will be revealed soon. And before anyone gets ahead of themselves, it's worth noting that this isn't the first time we've heard this from Take-Two. Um, they said this earlier this year, obviously, and we've been waiting yeah. three months yep. and we haven't heard anything. Yeah, what is soon yep. to you guys? Exactly. Yeah, it's about time, dude. Like, I know a lot of people are really content with the content in GTA Online. <laughs> But I think the rest of us are kind of like, either we played through GTA and we finished it, which I didn't, but, you know, uh, the rest of us are waiting on Red Dead or Bully Sequel or this other stuff. It's like, 
I, I just really hope they haven't been like, oh, let's just throw our, our the blunt of our, uh, or the brunt of our development uh, um, strength at uh, GTA Online microtransactions and, and just little, like, nickel and dime stuff. I hope that they're actually working on a big game. I think they are, because if you look at it, it's weird that... Um this is like the first GTA not to have a substantial single-player DLC. And yes, it's the first one to have a GTA Online, which is unlike anything they've had in their games before. But still, yeah. like, they always are known for having this, like, substantial single-player DLC that people love. Like, Ballad of Gay Tony is regarded as one of the best pieces of DLC, period. So I think that mm. it seems like it's easier to update the multiplayer facets of that game rather than release a substantial single-player. So I do think that lends towards you thinking that they are working on another project, you know? So... Yeah. Hopefully. Um, the last story here is really quick. Uh, this comes by way of Vice Gaming, which is on the rise. They actually recently got Patrick Klepek to come over from Kotaku, so that's crazy. Um, actually, hold on. I skipped a story. Let me go back. <laughs> that's the second to the last story. This is uh, comes by way of Eurogamer, um, and this is by Tom over at Eurogamer. It looks like the Xbox, uh, the white Xbox One S, which is weird that they write white because all of them are white. Um, <laughs> Why does it got to be white? Maybe he's because there is the Gears of War edition, but still. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> uh, it says it's sold out for good, which is kind of a misleading title because it's not sold out for good. But uh, I just found this interesting. He writes, missed out on a white 2TB uh, Xbox One S. You may have to have some, you may have some serious issues on your hands. Uh, Microsoft launches shiny new Xbox One redesign in a sleek white 2TB model, but stock was limited and the console is now completely sold out at most retailers. Uh, we've now heard from our friends at Eurogamer that Microsoft has no plans to replenish stock uh, of the 2 terabyte model, which launched with an RRP of 349 um, On Amazon, there are still white 2 terabyte Xbox One S consoles available, but only from third-party sellers, and only for significantly more than the console standard RRP. Um, so it's essentially saying, like, you know, it's going to be hard to get these direct. It's, it's a very misleading title, but it is interesting that they did sell out at that rapid of a pace. Um... Obviously, there's going to be the Gears of War edition, and this is only for the 2 terabyte model. So it's kind of a misleading story, because um, it's kind of making it sound like the Xbox One S is unavailable. But it's only for the 2 terabyte, the big boy. And with that, I mean, with external hard drives nowadays, you can just buy the lower end one and buy an external for pretty cheap and kind of make up the difference of the price you'd pay anyways for the 2 terabyte model. Who wants know? an external yeah. hard drive sitting on a console? I have it. I have an external. Um and yeah, it sucks because it doesn't look nice. But I'd rather have ha- buy an external hard drive that has a bunch of memory than have to buy another console uh, that quickly or buy a new version of it. You know. Um, I will say this uh, slim model has been more popular than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting. I think it had a lot going for it. I think the fact that it looks nicer, it's smaller. I think the stand is really. Uh, as dumb as that sounds, it's really appealing to people because uh, being able to stack consoles vertically is huge for people. Um, I think it's just it was it was a right timing for them, so I thought it was yeah, very interesting. definitely. Speaking of right timing for consoles coming out, uh, great segue, Jared. Uh, <laughs> over advice, like I was saying, Pat, this is a dual report by Patrick Klebeck, who, like I said earlier, came recently came from Kotaku over to Vice, and Austin Walker, who originally released the initial Neo. Um, the leak uh, back at Giant Bomb before coming over to Vice, uh, report Sony to uh, reveal upgraded PlayStation 4 in September. Um, Sony will reveal the first details on an upgraded PlayStation 4 at a September 7th event in New York. French gaming website GameBlog reported today. Vice Gaming can confirm that it's heard the same information. 
The upgraded PS4, which Patrick's first reported on back on in March for Kotaku, has the internal codename Neo. Sony's VR project was codenamed Morpheus, both in reference to the sci-fi movie The Matrix. It's unclear what it will be called when the hardware is formally released, though some developers have nicknamed it PlayStation 4.5, which a lot of us have been talking about it as that. Um, and that just goes into prior to E3. They talked about uh, Andy House saying that they weren't going to talk about it in Financial Times and they were going to showcase it at E3. Um, and then the second story came out. This was at, When this story initially broke, we didn't know the PlayStation event was happening. It was just that there was going to be something in September. The second story uh, over at The Verge was uh, by Nick Stat that Sony sets PlayStation event for September 7th. Obviously, they updated the previous story to let you know when the event was happening. And this basically broke that they're having an event... The PlayStation, what is it called? Uh, let me see if I can find it here. I think it's just called the PlayStation uh, event, right? Um, Who knows? And Sorry about that. I, I can't remember. But anyways, it's taking place September 7th, PlayStation Theater in New York City at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. People are expecting them to unveil the Neo. Um, yeah, this is out of nowhere, I guess. It's not surprising that they're going to have an event for this, right? But it is surprising that we didn't hear about the event and then it popped up randomly. Um, yeah. yeah, what are your guys' looking into the, obviously, what's going to be at this event later, but is this surprising that this event came out of nowhere? It seems like a very Nintendo move, personally, anyways. Eh, I think they didn't want to, you know, get it out there too too early just because they want hype going um, at the event. They want to keep hype going after the event. And if we had known about the event for a long time, that would have taken out some of the steam, probably. Yeah, true. Uh what do you think, Dom, about this event just popping up randomly that we're going to be having this? To me, this confirms that this thing really is coming out in October this year. Um, <clears throat> just because why else have a specific event at this weird time? Why not wait till PSX to, if you're going to release it next year or something? You know what I mean? I just I feel like this is... That's very yeah. true, Dom. Wow. Why wouldn't you just blow PSX out of the water? There has to be... With yeah, this Neo. has to be some reason. This has to be tied to PSVR in some way with its release in October. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Um, huh. Yeah, so I thought these were interesting. Uh, obviously, Patrick Klepik and Austin Walker get some of the craziest scoops. They have some of the greatest contacts, it seems, at Sony because they get some of the, the most detailed uh, information. Um, I, 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 that's crazy. Um, but actually, they be yeah, for, for your topic, we're going to hop out of the news here. Dom, you wanted to talk about the PlayStation event, right? Jared, do you mind real quick if I mention the Mr. Robot Oh, yeah. Thing? Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, it was basically just that, uh, Dom, you were even talking about Telltale earlier. They tweeted out uh, these two videos from E-Corp, which is, like, Evil Corp and Mr. Robot. I don't think either of you guys watched the show. No, I've heard great things. Haven't seen it yet, though. Mr. Robot. Um, yeah, so Evil Corp is, like, kind of like... You know, just an evil corporation in Mr. Robot, and uh, there's really no reason for Telltale to be tweeting this stuff out. It doesn't make any sense unless they're teasing a Mr. Robot Telltale game, which, you know, I love Walking Dead. Um, that's one of my favorite TV shows. Game of Thrones is as well. Um, but I'm, I'd say that Mr. Robot is my favorite TV show that's airing currently, and so if they did a Telltale series, I would be just overly excited this to me it's weird because i think it's it's definitely i don't think as popular as anything else they've done but i think that's fine because they've i think they've earned enough bank with these deals with dc and marvel and uh, skybound and all these companies where they've earned a lot of revenue that they can take on these smaller things that 
people want to play. There's definitely an audience for people who want to play a Mr. Robot Telltale game, but it's not going to bring in the right. crazy numbers that their other ones do. And I think that's cool that... I think it's, like, probably the same as Wolf Among Us. Yeah, it's like that's a good tables. point, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm glad that they're willing to do this stuff because they could easily just say, no, we need to work on our, our big brands, our big prod- right. projects. And this is cool because, like, there are, like I said, Mr. Robot fans that want to see this. So I'm, I'm excited. Also, they may be just being really savvy because I think Mr. Robot's only in the middle of its second season. I think it will be a very big brand in the years to come. Yeah, so they're kind of hopping on that board beforehand. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, the PlayStation event, though, Dom, what exactly you want to talk about it, right? Yeah, and we've hit on this a lot in previous months, but specifically this event and what we think it means about the Neo. So like I already mentioned, I think this means that the Neo is going to get released uh, this October, like it was originally rumored. Um, the more and more I thought about it, um, after E3, um, the whole you know Microsoft announcing Scorpio and everyone, we all kind of like you know, speculated that maybe Sony was planning on showing Neo there, and then they pulled out. And that they they were going back to the drawing board and they weren't going to release Neo till next year and all this and that. Yeah. Now the more I think about it, like that's really unrealistic this far into whatever it is they're doing, because not only I mean, companies this big are really bureaucratic and they you know there are quick decisions that can happen on a day that are really big, but for the most part things take a while to process, especially considering the implications that this would have for developers who already have dev kits of the Neo and who will. Apparently they don't, though. Exactly. So that's that's the other part that makes this interesting because the other uh, piece of that rumor was that final dev kits will be sent out uh, this month or next month. Yeah. Which, yeah, makes makes you wonder, like, well, so were the previous dev, dev kits not as powerful or what's the difference? Like, it's, it also that's another be, point. But. It also could be, like, um, do they mean, like, public dev kits in the sense of, like, you know, Joe Schmo developers can get it as opposed to their first parties that are really close okay. to third parties, you know? That's yeah. another thing, because, like, um, to what extent is releasing the dev kit? Like, we don't know that. That could just be a marketing spin, you know? So we don't think that they're releasing it soon. You, you never know, so... Yeah, so... Th- another thing is when we were getting some of those leaks about... Uh, they were having the focus yeah. groups about Neo. Um, they were asking people, should we do it with a cheaper price and a lower upgraded GPU... Or should we do a higher price with a better GPU? So uh, the whole going back to the drawing board thing, it does kind of sound ridiculous, but they were asking people, so who knows? So, yeah, my point was going to be that, yeah, devs have already been working on presumably, you know, putting in patches for games for Neo mode, right? And if they change things... They could just be working on PCs. Yeah, I just... It's just an interesting... uh, an interesting thought, I guess. But so, what I really wanted to turn this into, though, was kind of I'm coming around on what I think the Neo is supposed to be and how they're going to market it. Um, I think this is they're going to put they're going to point this directly at the Xbox One S, um, and it's going I think it's going to it can reasonably come out at a price point similar to that. I could see this thing being four hundred dollars, and it's meant like it will bring significant changes to. People who only have 1080p TVs too, right? Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> especially I'm not a developer and I'm not an expert on this, but from my experience playing PC games, if you change your hardware configuration, you just put in a different graphics card and leave everything else, all the other settings in a game the same, then the frame rate, the frame rate will automatically go up. Because that's right. it. You don't have to change unless the game has a locked frame rate. Um, 
then it just because you got a faster horse, but you didn't change the horse's resolution. Exactly. So yeah, is it, you know, uh, I forget what the term is for everything else stays the same. But yeah, if you just change that one variable, that GPU, then like your performance just increases automatically. There's no development time involved in that. Um, or if you do have that locked frame rate, uh, then any drops will automatically be gone. Fallout 4, for example, which ran like shit on consoles, always dropping down to 10, 15 frames a second, would be remedied. Um, so on top of that, I just think that they're going to point this at the the 1S. It's going to have that 4K Blu-ray uh, drive, and price point will be similar. And I don't, I don't know that they're going to give it a different name. This could just be PlayStation 4 Slim. They might, like, literally call it something along those lines, right? Um, so you said they were going to put it up against the Xbox One S. Yeah, right? like, this, yeah. Isn't, this isn't aimed, not directly, obviously, but he's saying this isn't aimed to compete with the Scorpio. This is aimed to compete with this. So, and on the same note, yeah, I guess if you did have... If they put it up head-to-head with S, and then it's obviously going to win out over S because it'll be a higher upgrade. But then Scorpio went out over Neo. It's like a leapfrogging type thing. So it, that's why it's so interesting because, yeah, if it's if the price point is $400, then it's not really more expensive than the S, but you're getting a lot more for yeah. it. And Microsoft yeah. would probably adjust their prices accordingly if that were to happen, I would assume. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you're right. So having with Scorpio planned, you know, late 2017 or whatever it is, I, I think that this it's both good and bad that they'd be getting the jump on Microsoft releasing right. this now. Because, yeah, anyone who's looking for something now is going to buy this thing. And it and it's going to hurt Xbox One S sales significantly, I think. There are going to be some people who look into enough things and know that that Scorpio is coming out. And they're not going to buy anything until then. But that's so far away that, like, I would, I would not plan my purchases like that, I guess. Like, oh, you know what? I'm going to buy that thing. A year and a half from today, I'm planning it. Like I, I, if there's something out now, like I'm gonna buy it. Otherwise, you get stuck in that trap that every PC gamer knows of. Oh, I really want to buy this this CPU, but the next one mm-hmm. is supposed to get released in a couple months. Should I wait? Like, so if you're you, you'd and always waiting, and, waiting and then you're yeah. always waiting. Yeah. Exactly. There's always gonna be something new, so you kind of just gotta take that dive. But yeah. So a lot of things at play. With Neo and Scorpio, I'm I'm just really excited to see like what what this all means. Um, so you really think it's coming out this year? I, I yeah, I'm with, like without a doubt. I alongside think it is. VR, yeah. I think so too. The, my point to that is, I think this is the companion for VR. VR seems to be their baby, and PlayStation's protecting yeah. it with all their heart, and they want it to be successful. So I think they're thinking, you know, we'll release this console. We will we'll basically put it in a way of marketing that you don't need to upgrade, but We'll find a package for PSVR. This will be the PlayStation that gets packaged with PSVR, not so, the original PS4. So the, you know they talked about uh, if you did have a 4K TV, then the Neo would... It, some games, it could run natively at 4K, you know, some of the smaller games, but then everything else, they, people saying, well, the specs aren't enough. Well, I mean, according to a lot of that leaked information that Sony's found a lot of tricky ways to kind of run it at 1440p, um, which is a midpoint between 1080 and 4K, and then kind of upscale from there and do things like that that aren't that difficult. So you're, you'd still see good advantages there. But, Jared, I think you're absolutely right that this is huge for VR. Because while they did say that every game, every Neo game would also work on the PS4, they've not mentioned anything like that about VR. So yeah. I think there's a good chance we see Neo-exclusive VR games and then regular PS4 VR games. Yeah, I think there's a real possibility of that. Huh. 
So, yeah, I was just about to say... Would not be good, though. People were talking about how um, VR wasn't running super, super well on PlayStation 4, but that they had fixed it and that they were getting it... Uh, they were It was working a lot better on a lot of the demos, but I'm still hearing a lot of anecdotal evidence that um, PSVR demos don't look so great, and they don't... They may run want, run perfectly fine, but... Um, they've got some soft edges or some edges that don't look great. And so I'm thinking they're going to be like, all right, here's uh, PlayStation 4K. Here's uh, PlayStation VR that you already know about. And they're going to show all their demos from now on on PlayStation 4K. They're going to sh- make sure that they push anybody that's looking at getting a PSVR at getting a PS4K because... They want when people think of PSVR, they want people to think a about better experience. Uh, the a better 4K experience. Even though it is, you know, this thing on your face that doesn't actually have a 4K screen, it's going to run a lot better. And I think that that's what like Sony really wants you to connect those two together. So maybe it coming out at the same time is a really good idea. Uh, a couple of things with the actual event that I want that are like things that I think are possible uh, outside of Neo. Vita two, huh? Well, there's actually those those rumors that weren't that are kind of like already disproven about the the Vita Trinity. I don't know if you guys saw that on NeoGaf. The Vita Trinity. Yes, there was these. There was these. Uh, uh, not trademark. What's the term I'm looking for when it's uh, like specs of? Uh, patent? Yeah, patent. There you go. There was patented yeah. stuff for this PlayStation thing. Um, a lot of people think it's actually for the PlayStation, uh, the PS4K or PS4 Slim, but a lot of people actually think it's for the Vita Trinity. Um, so that's every time you say it, it that, sounds that's a whole other thing. The real thing is, I wonder if they're gonna do their Scorpio announcement, where this like this is the PS4K, and then this is Project whatever the heck. But now I said that before we started the show, but now that I'm thinking about it, they might that might be the thing that they hold for PSX. That might be the thing that they hold to announce to their hardcore fans, you know. Oh, I don't know, man. They need to get the Vita. If they're doing a sequel no, no, to no, the Vita, Trinity. they need to I'm talking about, shout um, it to the sorry, world. I'm talking about the Project Scorpio competitor. That is a thing that I think they'll hold oh. the PSX. The, the... So you th- you don't even think that Neo there's no is way it can compete anywhere close to so. Scorpio. If, if the rumored specs are true, there's no way it can compete with, with Scorpio. There's no way. Just looking at the power, huh. there's no way. Um... So, but I want my Vita Trinity. Yeah. What is that? Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, any, any closing thoughts on the PlayStation event and what do you guys expect? And we'll probably talk about this again before September right, 7th. All right, so. little mini prediction spot here. The Vita Trinity will be revealed. The PlayStation Vita Trinity is, oh. is essentially, have you ever seen one of those goofy-ass pictures of a controller that has like a hundred buttons on it instead of just like the regular 20? Yeah, the Nintendo prototypes. That's... Exactly. That's the Vita Trinity, and it has 18 back touch Ooh. pads that that you have to grow extra fingers for. And whenever you say the word Vita Trinity, it's also Dreams is exclusive to the to the PS Trinity, the Vita Trinity. Oh my uh, gosh! I want Dreams on my Trinity right. The speaking fuck now. of PlayStation, uh, I wanted to talk about No Man's Sky and. I'm gonna approach it as a different at a different perspective. I don't really. I want to get into very briefly the critical reception of it, but there's a different subject I want to talk about. So I have right here the Metacritic pulled up, which is 
you judge games based how you are. This is the easiest way to culminate reviews, and you can read them individually, right? Um, obviously, you take Metacritic with a grain of salt. You should do your own research for yourself. Um, so I was looking through the Metacritic. It has three 90s and then a bunch of 70s. So three 90s are from Time Magazine, IGN Spain, and PlayStation Lifestyle. PlayStation Lifestyle, kind of weird. Obviously, it's published by Sony. I wouldn't really trust that interview personally. Yeah, it's, it? I went. I I wasn't sure. I went to the No Man's Sky page, and it was published in part by Sony Interactive. Why the? That's like stupid for them to have the PlayStation blog and PlayStation Lifestyle once yeah. again. Sony. So, anyways, a lot of the once other again. Co- uh, majority of the reviews are in the seventies. Obviously, there's some low balls by Jimquisition and some other places I've never heard of. Um, I've heard of Jimquisition, but I mean the other places like Gamer. Don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, so it's it's not getting it's it's sitting at a seventy right now on Meta uh, on Metacritic, and there's a lot of in progress reviews. Uh, the thing I want to talk about really is did PlayStation ruin No Man's Sky? And the reason I say that is mm. so once I found out it was being published by Sony, that kind of drew a red flag for me. No Man's Sky to me seems like I, I've watched. I haven't personally bought it, but I've watched and experienced about a good five hours of this game just because I wanted to get an idea of what exactly was going on. From beginning to later on in the game, right? Different aspects. Um, this game seems... I really wish they would have marketed it as Minecraft in space. Um, the thing that got lost on a lot of people is people expected this to be an Uncharted or a Dark Souls in the sense of... And hear me out. It's a game that's already complete upon release, right? It's a game that is everything is already there once you buy the game. That's not what this game is. This game is a Minecraft. This game is an Overwatch. This game is a game that gets better with its updates, yeah, it, it is what you make it kind yeah. of thing. And it's also a platform. Like, this game will be better a year from now than it is today. Yeah. That's how the game is. And I think the price point is largely a problem as well. Minecraft launched at $20. And I hate to compare it to Minecraft because Minecraft is unlike any other game, obviously, by its sales. But it's what the closest relative I can see to this game. And this game being released at $60 is kind of crazy to me. Of everything I've... I think I think if this game was forty dollars, it would be people would be, would be yeah, going I also think, for this thing. I would I also bought think, it already. We don't know exactly what the who decided on the price point, but I think Sony being involved in this game had a lot to do with it being a sixty dollars game. Uh, but see, if that was the case, I don't realize. Like, I don't understand why they didn't add members to that team at Hello Games and help them make it bigger. You know, like build out the team. I think it's one of those things where they wanted to be a part of it, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to muddy the waters. They were like, "Oh, you guys have a good thing going. We don't want to screw it up." Um, Yeah, Yeah. I, I really think PlayStation or Sony, rather, like really hurt this game. And I think it's because this game launched at sixty dollars, and I think it's because it was marketed all wrong. I really think if this game was marketed as a Minecraft in space, put some some kind of twist on that, let people know it's a platform that you're going to be building on, I think it would have resonated a lot more with people. This game being between the, the $20 to $40 yeah. price range, um, this game isn't very deep. Um, even the the the, the uh, yeah. procedurally generated planets aren't too different from one another. The creatures are... So, when you think about, like, procedure-generating creatures, you think you're going to have a lot of cool experiences. And for every really cool, like, T-Rex-looking thing or, like, weird beaver-cow thing, there's these things that just don't make sense and kind of pull you out of the experience. Like, I I understand that aliens will look weird, but these are... Like, there was a thing I saw where it was, like, its head looked like an orange. It was literally an orange that looked like it had googly (laughs) eyes on it. And if you... Sure you weren't watching some Bloodborne footage? Um, 
and it kind of pulls you out of it because the whole thing is about exploring the game and kind of figuring things out. And the game, there isn't a lot to the game. Uh, it's very, very shallow. And that's what I was gonna say. Is it seems kind of thin for me yeah, to spend. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is I don't on. think that's a negative in terms of the game being if it was gonna be a release at what it should have been. This game being released as a sixty dollar game that marketed wrong that's why it's wrong in all those points if this was a 35 dollars game that you marketed as a platform i would be 100 percent okay with how the game is you know people would have been a way more 100 percent okay with that day one patch that people are complaining about because it's like oh it's a platform obviously it's gonna have a day one patch that fixes things you know um i've just been rambling like what do you guys think do you think that sony messed this up do you think it should have been marketed different do you think it should have a different price point so the marketing you're def- definitely right on because yeah this it, yeah. I mean, it might not be totally all their fault or Sony's fault, but this thing got over-marketed, over-hyped, and it just wasn't going to live up to what people wanted. Um, but as far as the price point, this is one of those tricky spots because if you think about what Minecraft is and how many hours people have put into Minecraft, that should be like a $100 game, Exactly. Right? I, it, obviously, if it were a $60 game, it never would have seen remotely the success that it did. Because, you know, that's what gets people yeah. in the door is that cheap price point. But when you actually look at what it is and the scope of it and what, what you can do, what you can make it, its value is yeah. way more than $20. And that's what they're going for with, I think, with No Man's Sky. But, they're yeah, they're like us, missing those people getting through the door initially But here's price the, point. So. Here's the thing to that, though. So I bought Minecraft very early on when it was, like, in super early beta when you could do jack-all. And I got it for 15 bucks because at that point, Mojang was like, we usually sell for $20, $15 to get in the door. That game is 100%, 200%, 300% different than what it was when I first played it. That game and its scope and everything you've been mm. able to do in that game, a lot of people look at the game like, you can't do much. That game is a lot more deep than people give it credit for. And there's a lot you can do with that game. Yeah. And the modding community has taken over that game completely. But like, day one Minecraft is way different than the Minecraft we have now that sold millions of copies. And it's because it... It knew it was a platform, and it's like we're gonna need to get people in right away, you know. And, so, huh. so here's a question for you guys then: Should because this game was made by what 15 people? Uh, yeah, about it's like, 15, something like that. Yeah, it's like less than four gigabytes in size. So the the question is: Should the price of a game scale with the development cost necessarily? Because when you look at the size of that studio, size of the game, I, I don't know. I don't know how many hours they put into the salary they pay their employees, but I got to think that the development costs for this game are smaller than a Dark Souls 3 or a AAA experience. So should that scale? I would say... You know, the price point? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't think so. I think it has to do with the game itself. To some extent... I was just going to say to some extent, yes. I think... um, Just like you said, there's no way there's this much budget. um, As much budget as you know, a triple-A Dark Souls or whatever. There's no way. And so, yeah, maybe the price should be a little bit lower. Maybe it's like... I mean, I think when everyone saw how small the install size was, they were like, wow, this is just a bunch of copy-and-pasted, procedurally generated worlds that probably are just, like, palette swaps And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's $60. um, Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. When it's yeah. 40 or 20, but when it's and 60, that's a big deal. The, the, the thing that rubs me the wrong way is I think they... I think... So if this game was was way more deep, then they would have known $60 was fine. I think the fact that they wanted to sell this at 60 
that's why they took the marketing spin they did because they couldn't they couldn't put this game at 60 and market it as the platform we're talking about because then people would kind of be weary even if they are being truthful with the marketing people are kind of turned off with the platform games the quote-unquote because it is technically like an early access game you know you're getting in at the grassroots and then it's updating right uh, this isn't even going into the fact that it has a yeah. game-breaking bug have you guys heard about this so if you pre-ordered the game you got a ship okay the ship has a hyperdrive. There is a section in the game at the beginning of the game where you learn how to build a hyperdrive for your ship so that you can go to other galaxies, right? If you, So if you get the pre-order ship and you exchange it for your, your basic ship you start off with before you even learn how to build a hyperdrive, the moment you trade that ship in and you get a new ship, you'll never know how to build a hyperdrive the rest of the game. So it breaks the game and you have to start from scratch. They screwed up. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty fucked. Um, I also think the way you were talking about it just a second ago, Jared, you were saying it essentially needs to be as deep as an RPG for what they were saying in the $60 price point. And I totally agree. Um, to answer your earlier question, I think Sony totally did ruin No Man's Sky because they made us feel like we were getting a deep and, um... A, a deep well of an RPG that you could really sink into into this large this galaxy, just, and that's not what it is. If this game would have not been on Sony's front stage and like been pushed by them, and it would have just came out, it's like, oh, have you seen this indie game that's coming out called No Man's Sky? And it would have been the Whisper game, right? right. And they could have probably changed the yep. price point because they're going to independently be publishing the game, so they're like they can make those decisions on their own, right? And get a lot of feedback from people. Like, I, it, it's so strange how this game would have yeah. turned out if Sony didn't grasp. A hold of it, which I'm not saying Sony's only person at fault. I am very worried that the same thing's happening with Cuphead and Microsoft. I'm very worried that Microsoft mm. may be hurting Cuphead. I think it may be ruined. You know, so I think they. It's more obvious what Cuphead is, yeah. though, that it's a yeah. smaller title. And I also I think that if Sony had never come along, I do not believe that Hello Games would have ever I charged sixty that, for yeah. this game. Any closing thoughts, Tom? So well, yeah, they wouldn't have charged sixty because Sony was probably fronting a huge part of their budget, right? I mean, like a huge True. like the game probably wouldn't have existed. Would have been like one point two. Yeah, the game wouldn't have existed without Sony publishing it. So. I don't think so. Sony came in like halfway through development, didn't they? Yeah. Well, at, at least it right. wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't exist at the same scope that it is. I think. Uh, what sure. scope is that? Sure. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Even less than it is. Yeah, yeah. But they could have sold it for cheaper. They could have released it probably sooner, and they could have done the platform thing. It's so weird. Obviously, it's like hindsight 50-50, yeah. or 2020. I don't know why I said 50-50. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much <laughs> Some it. Some damn good vision. Right? Uh, it's pretty much it yeah. for uh, uh, No Man's Sky Talk. Uh, what did you want to get into, Jordan? Yeah, so my topic this week is the importance of genres in video games. And, um, you know, we might get into the importance of genres and other forms of media, but I think it's especially important in video games because just, you know, jumping over to movies, um, movie genres, it's like the subject matter is different, right? If you're going to see an action blockbuster, maybe a comic book movie, if you're going to see a horror movie, if you're going to see a, a, a dramedy, like a family dramedy... Um, those are very different, and your your content is going to be different. With a video game, sure, it may change the tone based on your genre, whether, you know, like Borderlands is more of a comedy game, and obviously something like Bloodborne or Dark Souls is very serious. But the genre also has to do with how it plays and what type of game it is, whether it's third person or first person. 
the genre in video games almost matters more than in any other medium because it not only affects the tone, but it also uh, really has to do with the game mechanics and how the game is played itself. So um, I guess we could start off by talking about what some of our favorite genres are and how they how these different genres relate to each other and um, just looking at the gen- the industry You know as what's a whole. interesting? Since you brought this up, I was thinking about, like, well, what are my favorite genres? And growing up, my favorite genre was shooters. Like, I loved shooters. It's probably hmm. why I went huh. from being a PlayStation kid to going to Xbox 360. That's the shooter console. 360, right? yeah, was the shooter console. So yeah. I love shooters. I still love shooters. Shooters are like, Metro Last Night's one of my favorite games of all time. And I love, like, I appreciate wow. solid shooting mechanics. But as I've grown, I've realized that, like, I'm... Not that I'm more open, but I'm more willing to try other genres, and I really appreciate other genres. My favorite genre currently is probably 2D platformers. Um, and maybe a wider hmm. genre are indie games. You guys have seen maybe the last three weeks, I haven't really played anything AAA. I've been playing indie games. I mean, my, my yeah. game of the year is inside. Like, um, And it's not that I don't like AAA games. I love AAA games, but I do appreciate smaller games. And so, two, like, so yeah, like the last three games i played are 2D games. And... Um, it's just interesting that you can... How do I say this? There's so many different genres of video games, and the fact that the genre is usually based on the gameplay and not on the actual uh, meat of the game, like its story or anything, means that you can have a, a, like a wider spread, uh, like more things on your plate, essentially. So for me, when it comes to movies, I don't really like horror movies. Not that I'm scared by them. I just think they're very generic and repetitive. <laughs> they Obviously, usually suck, though, is the problem. Yeah, there's, there's some very creative horror movies that come out every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, I don't really like horror movies. I don't really like action movies either, personally. Um, like, hardcore action, like uh, the Die Hards and stuff like that. That's a bad example. Die Hard's a good movie, but, you know, like the newer action movies, like the Bourne Legacy and stuff it's like that. It's a great Christmas movie. Yeah, but when it comes to video games, I'm always willing to try a genre I'm not super familiar with or I super like just because it can be so different than a game in the same genre. If You, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Though Rogue Legacy and Splunky share a lot of things gameplay-wise, the actual aesthetic of the game and the quote-unquote story of the game are completely different. The tone of the game are completely different, you know? And that's the interesting thing right. about video games. Um, very rarely do you can you watch two horror movies back-to-back and there's not at least 80% crossover. Um, you can play two yeah. different JRPGs and they're completely different. Yeah, the gameplay is the same to, for the most part. But the whole tone and the story and everything, the meat and potatoes of the game can be completely different. That's what I love about video games, is that you can take two things in the same genre and they can be completely different games. Or they can be the same. Look at Uncharted and Tomb Raider for the most part. They're different, but they are kind of the same. And that's what I love about video games. I think there's a lot more to a game genre and to a game specifically than just the genre. I think when you're pitching a movie, the genre can, can sell the movie... For a video game, the genre is part of selling the video game. There's other things to it than just the genre, I think. So, oh yeah, so. oh yeah. For me, you were talking about like 2D platformers, um, uh, really uh, something that you enjoy, and shooters being a really big part of your uh, genre enjoyment. I think for me, I started as a really young kid with a lot of 2D platformers, and then moved on to like a lot, a lot of 3D platformers like Jack and Ratchet. Um, and now I'm really, I've really gotten into RPGs since like late high school and, um, just having deeper, um, mechanics to mess around with in video games I really like. Um, and I still play shooters, 
Um, but I've slowed down on them. I don't play nearly as much shooters. Um, so for me, like if I can have a third person action adventure RPG, that's like my fucking dream. That's that's, that's your as good as it cake, gets yeah. for me. So, and if it yeah. has a dash so for button me, for for me on the opposite end of that, like two D platformer with solid mechanics is my birthday cake. <laughs> like if it feels right. Yeah. yeah. So. What about you, Dom? With genres. So I, I guess really quick, the first thing I want to point out is like it, your perception of genres can be very different than someone else's too, and that that's going to yeah. drive a lot of this. So if you know if you ask some people what an RPG yeah. is, you know, give me an example of an RPG, they might say Chrono Trigger or Persona Four Golden. Whereas I would probably say first I would you know I'd say Dark Souls, Skyrim, Fallout. Those are yeah. I guess you're getting into yeah, subgenres well, yeah. at this to point. Western RPG to, yeah. So. Point being, like, perception. So, like, here in America, when you hear RPG, you think of some of those examples first that I mentioned as opposed to those JRPGs. Not I'm, that Neither is wrong or right. It's just that perception can some kind of sometimes change what, what you think of a genre. Like, oh, I don't like RPGs, but then you're actually playing Fallout, but you don't see it. You know what I mean? And a lot of video games blend genres, yeah. too. They, they hit multiple yeah. things. Yeah. So. yeah. Which, which is why my favorite genre is definitely right, right with you, Jordan, like an action RPG, basically, you know, um, something. Yeah. Third person or first? Probably third, preferably. But, I okay. mean, that part's not, not necessarily important, I guess. So reason being, like, it combines the best parts of different things. Like, depending on the game, you're getting some, you know, you know some moment-to-moment combat or gameplay that's just as good as a pure action game. And you're also getting those right. RPG elements <clears throat> that right. those games previously would, you know, kind of lack that gameplay and that sort of thing. So right. I think, yeah, the action adventure like RPGs that we have nowadays, or Western RPGs, are just—I think that's like just the prime genre in gaming today, and that's well, definitely my favorite. Yeah. The cool thing is that's why I like third-person. Sure. Uh, games like that too is because they can take what i love about 2d platformers which is like the pixel perfect frame perfect movement that you need to have and that's applied in like dark souls and stuff so it kind of it takes the aspects from other games and puts it in there that you can like and yeah i i, I like those kind of games too I, I i think i have way i have way less video game genres that i would say i'm never gonna play that than than movies you know um like, like i'm a- never gonna watch a a gospel movie. It's just not. <laughs> oh, okay, that's like. Well, that's way off. Uh, well, no, no. Movie. But what I'm saying is like. So count Jared out for Sister, yes, Sister Act um, three featuring. Or like Wolf very Goldberg. religious movies. But like, for instance, I don't like RTSs. I've never liked RTSs. I I always struggle playing them because I don't enjoy them. If there's a new RTS that people like, or for some reason it's Games with Gold, I will always download and try it, even though in my heart I know I won't like the game. I give it a try because. There might be an RTS that comes along one day that makes me like RTSs, you know? Who played Banner Saga? I haven't played it. I haven't downloaded it. Banner Saga 2 is currently downloaded. It was Games of Gold. I haven't played it yet. Okay. I also I never used to like Banner turn-based Saga. RPGs, and then I realized I've been playing one my whole life. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, I was like... Yep. They're yeah, more fun like, than you oh, realize. Wait, I haven't so... Yeah, I'm always willing to try stuff, and I think I think subgenres are cool. I found out about. Do you know what a CRPG is? Yeah, did not know <laughs> that was RPG? a thing. I was like, "What's a CRPG?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, the first two Fallout's." And I was like, "Oh, completely understand what a CRPG is." You know? Um, yeah, I mean, CRPG is almost like a a weird term used these days, just because it's like 
computer RPGs evolve, evolved into what Dom was talking about yeah. with action RPGs, what it's they are like today, so it's kind of like an evolved like, genre. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I really have nothing else to say about genre um, for you guys. So I just had a question for you, Dom, since you've talked about how, Jared, you were just mentioning how you love jumping around genres and trying out new things when it comes to video games. Dom was talking about how he really hasn't played many indies up until now getting a Vita. So, um, talk a little bit about that. Like, have you mostly just stayed in AAA genres? Uh, yeah, generally up until now, like I've said, I haven't played very many indies at all. But outside, like, just in the AAA space, I've jumped, you know, genres around. I like shooters a lot, too. I like RPGs. Right, and, right. Um, it's been right. a while, but I do like RTSs. Age of Empires was, used to be one of my favorite games. Um, never got into nice. Civilization, but I think that's... Correct me if I'm wrong. That's more turn-based than an RTS, even though um, it's the same kind of. Yeah, it's more turn-based, but it definitely does have a lot of like RTS mechanics to it. I actually like Civ, which is weird because I don't like RTSs, but I, I like the idea of Civ. I should say I don't play it or buy it, but I like watching people play it, which is weird. But so, yeah. shout out to AJ. Yeah, oh man, and, like your, your fucking like old beat up PC could run it too, when you're eight years old. You yeah, know, you yeah. didn't need much. Uh, that and RuneScape. Wow, that's been, it's been a while since I said RuneScape. That'll um, be a separate topic someday. So I like your question about that. So now that you're experiencing, I mean, a lot of indie games are, for the most part, 2D, especially on handhelds, right? Yeah, it's like blowing my mind, dude. I don't know how you've... It's like so, you've survived for years so without even, water or something. Um, my yeah. indies even are my games, water. Even the games like on Game Boy that I like the most weren't platformers like i didn't i never got into any of the mario games or anything like that 2d but i love like the 2d zelda games and the top down 2d stuff yeah um so okay. yeah so i'm that this is an area where yeah i'm kind of jumping into i don't have a you know a lot of experience there um and that's why i was real eager to try shovel knight so if if you weren't really into 2d platformers were you oh yeah 3d, 3D absolutely i mean super mario 64 was one of the first games i ever played one of the i think one of my favorite games of all time um, I also really liked uh, okay. Jack and Daxter. Uh, even like, there yep. was a lot of uh, licensed games. Like there, I remember there was a SpongeBob game based on the SpongeBob movie or something. SpongeBob. When I was mentioning 3D platformers earlier, yeah. I was thinking on about the some PS2. SpongeBob games because they and had it was, some great ones. It probably sucked. Yep, if I PS2. looked at it today, I'd be like, this game is just complete trash. But at the time, it was cool. I think about yes. those a lot. Yeah, I think about if I have rose tinted glasses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the first the three video games I completed, uh, like front to back, were uh, Super Mario sixty four, the original Spyro, and the original Crash. So I have a fondness for those kind of games. The first game I rolled credits on was SpongeBob oh, on cool. Game Boy Color. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all yeah. I have to say about genres. Any closing thoughts, guys? Before we close it out, N- nothing. Uh, I'm good. Get out of these genres. <laughs> Break away I'll hail the CRPG. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> we're bringing it so back. So, what are we going to be playing next week? Um, I've really, like, I've sat... This fly is driving me insane. Um, <laughs> if you're watching the video portion, you'll see me swatting at a thing you probably can't pick up on camera. I look like a crazy guy. But, um, so anyways, uh, this week I've been... So, when I go to my games and apps, I see all the games there, and I'm like, oh, I want to dive into something, but it's like, how much time do I want to commit to this, Right. And Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, keeps staring me straight in the face. Yeah. And uh, another game that I didn't even know I owned on 360 became backwards compatible this week, SSX on 360, the snowboarding game. So those are two games that I might actually mm-hmm. dip into. Um, 
everyone talks so much about Deus Ex, and I'm like, it's just a genre, or genre, it's just a franchise I've never even touched. And I have the game sitting there. There's no excuse yeah. for me not to at least try it. Give it the, the good 15, as they call it. Um, Human Revolution? Um, wait. The Human Revolution no, is a new one. Mankind Divided is the old one. Uh, yeah. I'm going to call it. Yeah. I'm going to call you out on this one, guys. What? Human Revolution is the 360. Uh, Mankind Divided is the new one. Is it? Either way. Yeah, I don't know. You may be right. Uh it's so tough. Every time someone brings yeah. this game up, I uh, get either confused. Either way, I'll see if I get into that. The you're playing the 360 original Mankind reboot. Uh, yes, Deus Ex um, reboot. Yeah, it's pretty much for me. And then I might see Suicide Squad. It's not confirmed if I'm going to be going on a specific date, but I'm going to try to make it out sometime this weekend to go see it. Uh, what about you guys? So hopefully this week, um, like I said, I finished the old hunters dlc and i am so close to finishing these chalice dungeons i just need to push a little bit further play a few more hours and i think i will finally be done with my trek through bloodborne this hundred plus hour trek Um, yeah it's a it's a beautiful beautiful game that i hate very much sometimes so um besides that um i was thinking i know i talked a lot about games i need to get back to and finish And I will get back to those that I've mentioned previously on the podcast. But I was thinking about um, jumping into New Game Plus on Arkham Knight and working towards the Platinum. I'm sorry. Um, Getting those those Riddler trophies, I know it would suck. Those Riddler trophies will suck, but there's guides out now. And um, I really kind of just... I don't love that combat at all, but I love the It seems like a good thing to do when you're podcasting, Um, listening to some podcasts and just... Yep. Sure, sure. And also, I was going to say, I don't know why I mentioned I was going to be playing Batman Telltale with the first episode. I'm totally, I like those Telltale games way better when I can just go through the whole season, so I probably won't start playing that game until episode Completely five is about to come out. I'm, I'm you know, I, I really yeah. wish I would have done the same, ultimately, but I was just too impatient and I wanted to play it right away. It's the first time I've done that. Yeah, um, I can the, understand. Then the release date yeah. for episode two is, I think it's officially on Telltale's website as, who knows? Uh... <laughs> Wow. I think more people will be talking about Walking Dead, so I might actually do that um, episode by episode. I'm a crazy person. So I play them as the episodes come out, and then when the fifth, last one comes out, I play through it all again and then play the fifth episode. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You also like BBS. You're yeah. insane, Jared. You need to be I didn't say it was fantastic. I said it was, I liked it, so... Um... <laughs> it's like licking exactly. a battery. You just uh, can't stop. What about you, Dom? What are you going to be playing? <laughs> so... I guess I didn't really iterate enough that I I played Syndicate a ton this past week. Like I I had more time to game. Are we talking twenty hours? Maybe 15, around fifteen. Yeah, which is way more than I usually spend on any game wow. during you know in one single week. Um, hardly yeah. doing any story missions. And then uh, when I was playing last night, you know I go to check the main storyline and I'm looking at the trophies. I'm like, oh, I only have two more, two more main story missions or whatever. I thought I was like halfway done and I'm like near the end so I want to finish yeah. that up and I'll I, I just I gotta move on I'd like to putz around and get that platinum but I just I gotta move on there's just too much else um, the cool thing with that is that since there's not an Assassin's Creed coming out this year you don't have to worry about getting fatigued because like you play a syndicate and you might really like it and then you want to pick up the new Assassin's Creed you don't right. really have to worry about that because there's not one coming out this yeah. year and you can have that year to like oh there's an Assassin's Creed coming out as opposed to trying to you know getting accidentally oversaturated so 
I'm very happy with the timing uh, w- with all this because I mean I paid twenty dollars for the game too, so not too yeah. bad. Completely a steal, yeah. You've already almost put in a dollar an hour for that game this week alone. So, so other than that, um, mm. I want to I want to continue with Wolf Among Us. I'm curious. I'm really curious about this game. <laughs> is it? Is it? How far I are just, you? Before the end of the first episode, I just I I couldn't last night and I fell asleep. I turned it off, <laughs> even though I was real close yeah. to the end of the episode. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening or watching, depending on where you intake this podcast at, whether it's YouTube or iTunes. Where do you intake it? <laughs> yeah, right. In um, the mouth? Yeah. Where as do you always, munch if you on can, your even podcast? if you don't watch the video portion of this podcast, you can go subscribe to our YouTube. It definitely helps. We're trying to get that custom URL. We're at 20. Yep. Get us to 50, We're at 22 then right we'll now, get to 100. So we actually got another subscriber, I think, this week. Um, also, follow us on Twitter. You keep updated there. Uh, Dom actually also tweets out a bunch of the news stories throughout the week. So if you want to check it out as they happen, he's pretty good on that. And uh, also, leave us a follow and a review on iTunes. Like we said, it helps. Um, stuff's still on, uh, on SoundCloud if it's easy for you to find it there. But we're going to be transitioning to where you can get our podcast primarily on Google Play and iTunes and YouTube. So if that's kind of the way you intake our podcast, definitely follow us on other services because that won't be a viable option in the next coming weeks. So definitely if you listen to SoundCloud, try to transition over to iTunes or YouTube. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Won't it just be that you'll only be able to listen to our yeah, latest two? Yeah. But I might, I might be figuring out a way to just so, completely move the RSS somewhere else. So that's what I'm saying. If SoundCloud nice. is the way you intake the podcast, try to find a different option. iTunes obviously is awesome, and YouTube, yeah, and iTunes Google Play too good. for your Android yeah. devices. Um, yeah, it's pretty there much it. Go. Any closing words, guys? So for me, I'm talking straight to our new YouTube subscribers. <laughs> bring them out! Bring them out! Dom, any closing words? You're not nah, gonna say I, IO opposite. I can't of really top that. Alrighty, uh We need more YouTube subscribers. I'm taking over Dom's final word. <laughs> YouTube subscribers. Yeah, thank you guys for listening or watching. We'll catch you guys in episode twenty five. We're about to be a quarter century old. See you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>